0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh
1: Recorded live. As we prepare to make our declaration, pray for me that I can remember it. I'm just kidding.
0: You <clears throat> have your Bibles, sisters.
1: Now we make our declaration. If I receive this word word with my mind only, this word word will be dead for me. But if I receive this word word with the spirit over my mind, this word word, word will be life for me. Lord, I don't need religious form or fashion. I need Life. I look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, let's get some life in this place on today. Come on and praise God one more time. Give him a hand, God, and praise. Thank you, Lord. He's the the Lord. On last week, we began our teaching of a sermon on exhorting to pray everywhere. And we talked about at least three of the five. Uh, points or steps of prayer that Paul mentioned in Second Timothy. First Timothy chapter two verses one through eight. And for the sake of um, scripture, let me just read the scripture real quick. First Timothy chapter two verses one through eight. First Timothy, I'll give you some time to get there. First Timothy chapter one two, excuse me, verses one through eight. Amen. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. You find these words. Exhort therefore that first of all, supplications, prayer, intercessions, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and holiness for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Verse 4, we will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Verse 5, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in time times. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher, an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ, not I and not lie. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubt. Father, thank you for your the reading of your precious word. Now speak through us by your Spirit on today that we may grow in the knowledge and understanding of who you are. That we may walk in the newness of life. That we may walk with boldness and confidence toward God, not in our own abilities, but in the ability of Christ Jesus, our Lord. For it is He who died on the cross, yea, it is He who rose from the dead on the third day, paying a penalty for our sins, and preparing a place for us in heaven, which He offers to everyone who believes in Him ah, eternal life. We thank You now, Father, as we yield to Your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week, we began um, our, this text, uh, our message on exhorted to pray everywhere. And that was again, second to the first Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. We have covered at least three of the uh, five steps to, uh, to urgent and relevant prayer they are the enlistment to pray, the expressions of prayer, and the encouragement to pray. And when we come to the enlistment of prayer, we talked about the cruciality of prayer. Why exhort or strongly encourage a commitment? Therein lies the problem. And let me tell you something. It doesn't matter whether it's homosexuality or whether it's fornication. It is all wrong in the eyes of God. Only time relations are to be had is in a marriage that is approved by God. So uh, they want to force us to accept abortion. They want to accept us to to, uh, uh, to accept same-sex marriage. They want to accept every manner of thing that is going on in the world, and no, we're not going to do it. That's why prayer is so critical, because we are not looking at uh, some cookie-cutter world where everything is great and mighty and falling right in line with what God wants. We have to struggle day in and day out. Look over, if you will, in the Middle East, and Christians are being forced to deny Jesus Christ in order that and, and accept Muhammad's teaching in order that they might live. We are looking in India and we see that Christians, some Christians from research that I've done during my college or studies show that some the Indian, the Jew, the Indian, I'm sorry, the Indians or the Indians over in East India, they were instructed by some groups that did not like the fact that they were Christians to eat dung and drink urine and denounce Jesus. And that is absolutely aponite. This is what the Christians have to deal with today. That's why prayer, my brothers and sisters, sisters is so important. And so Paul understood double-minded, and Jameson are double-minded I accept those who don't know who they are or, they, or they're young and they just haven't come to the census yet. I was on uh, one of my executive officers uh, when I was on uh, John F. Kennedy, used to say, uh, of young people. When they get 18, their brain cut off. When they get around 21, so it comes back on. And see, when you think that clubbing all night, drinking booze and, you know, popping pills and snorting coke and shooting up Aaron and trying and and smoking pot, and all of that stuff is cool, and then you say, wow, man, that's cool, that's great. Or if you think sexting or texting yourself, you know, taking your clothes off and taking pictures of yourself and shooting it out across the Internet, uh, and you think that that's hot, that's good, that's cool, guess what? You're wrong. It isn't cool. One day you're going to grow up and you're going to look back on that and you're going to be so embarrassed that you're going to be so embarrassed by what you did that you're going to ask yourself the question why in the world did I do that? What was I thinking? The point is, you were not thinking. You thought that this girl or this guy liked you, but when you did that, they launched it out on Facebook. They launched it, launched it out on, where is it? I put this to um, uh, not just Facebook, they put it out on Twitter. Twitter will allow it. They just put it out everywhere. And then all of a sudden, they send it to one another, and all of a sudden, you're walking around and it's whispering, and they go, ha, 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 ha. They're talking about you. Listen, we cannot afford for the Christian family to look that way. We have to be an example. Prayer is to be priority in the believer's life and one that, and that just demonstrates the sufficiency of God. In our lives, and like everything that we need, third prayer is immediately needed because it is vital to the plan of God that God has chosen to His saving for His for saving people. Look, we have all kinds of things. what I love about Christianity is God never forces Himself on anyone. I remember at being at Reed University, my wife and I, we heard General Ashcroft speak, and the question was asked of him, "How do you? How do you? What was it?" The, how do you, uh, let me get this correctly now, this, how do you impose Jesus Christ on others? And after this ask, Cross said, look, I don't impose Jesus Christ on anyone. I expose Jesus Christ to them. Let me ask you a question. How, what is your life like? Does your life expose Jesus Christ or does it repel people away from Christ? What does your life look like? You are young. You are you are young. Uh, we're a little bit older. But what does your life look like when people see you? Who will they see? What do they see? Are you saying you want to be in with the crowd, but then over here you say you're right? Look, you cannot sit in a clique and then try to fit in the church. There is a, there's confusion there. It cannot work. No matter who you are, it simply will not work. Prayer is immediately needed because it is vital in the plan of God, that God has chosen in saving people. We must be the demonstration. We must be the church that we are. Someone said that you come into the building to get information to be fed and built up, but you become the church once you walk outside of the building. The church is not the building. You are the church. Every individual is the church. That's why Peter says that you are not exposed. Livingstone, living stone, we are the church, not the building, not the chairs, not the materials in it, not the worldly stuff. What we are trying to reach people with is material, I mean spiritual. I understand that materialism has its place. People need to have a house. They need to have clothes. They need to have shelter, food, and all of those things, and that's good. But when that becomes priority over Christ, then you have a problem. When that becomes when when people become priority over Christ, that becomes a problem. Listen, the order is Christ first. Then you go out and you reach the people. Amen. 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 Second thing is the expression of prayer, and we talk about the expressions of prayer. Prayer, we saw four expressions of prayer. We saw the entreaties or supplications, uh, and that's where Paul says um, with all that is going on in our society around us the globe today. There are so many problems going on. I've already elaborated and expounded on some of them already. You know, the terrorist attack, even on our own streets here in America. We have, for years now, we have had gangs killing our young people, our young people because they can't even walk down the street in certain neighborhoods unless someone forces them into being and becoming a part of a gang. And if they don't become a part of the game, then they are murdered. And you have mothers and fathers crying and in anguish because they've lost their child for what? For the territory they say that they own, and they are not working. They're not paying one, one tax. Not paying any taxes on it. All they're doing is terrorizing and blighting our society, our neighborhood. What is wrong? Prayer is not in the school anymore. Prayer is probably not even in the house with a lot of people. Listen, I was talking to not long ago about 100, we have over 300 million people in America. Uh, and the Barber, John George Barber, did a survey uh, and, he talked, and he wrote a book on the church list. And he said that after doing that, after doing the survey, covering spanning about 10 years or better, there were when he finished about 156 million Americans that didn't go to church, that doesn't go to church. He says, if you take them, and I hope I get this corrected, if you take that 156 million people and put them in their own, and they can form their own nation, they'd probably be right around the fourth or fifth largest nation on the earth. 156 million people. We want to go to Africa. We want to go to Asia. We want to go to India. We want to go to Egypt. We want to go to Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia. We want to go every place. And right here in America, we have 156 million people that need to hear the gospel. They need to see Jesus Christ demonstrated. They need to see him lived out
0: in the believer's life. But that's not happening. That's not happening. So, we talk about entreaties, supplications. We also talk about prayer, and we
1: talk about prayer in the general sense, in that it is broad. It can cover all manner of things. It could be from sickness, from healing, from sickness. It could be healing from diseases. It could be healing of the mind, it could be healing of the body, it could be providing needing for food, and need of food, praying for someone else, just a host of different prayers, just general, and it's a broad spectrum. But when he talks about intercession, we're specifically, we're holding down and holding into specific things. For example, we're praying for someone else. We're interceding on someone else's behalf because someone else can't do it for themselves or someone asked for prayer. In our prayer box back there, I discovered that there is a prayer request from, uh, from a young lady, and so we began to pray for her. So people are in need of prayer, specific prayer. If The request was specific, and so our prayer was specific. Why? Because we knew exactly what that person needs and what she is asking for. And then we pray for thanksgiving. And that is just taking time to give God glory, just to thank him for what he has done for us, what he is doing for us. And we thank him for what he's going to do for us. Some people say, God has, you know, has done so much for me, he doesn't have to do anything else for me. That's true. But I'm so grateful that he still does things for me because I need him every moment of every day.
0: I don't need him in the past. I need him now, and I need him in the future. bello yeah.
1: And then, of course, we have to the most specific uh, prayer, and that is for our leaders. Why? Because if we pray, when we pray for our leaders, we may have peace in this land. We can live a peaceable life. Whenever there is turmoil and confusion and frustration and hatred and bitterness, there are problems. There is no peace, only there is turmoil, and it is evil or upheaval. Third thing we talked about, encouragement to pray. And this case, and this is where we looked at four prominent advantages to intercession. Number one, first, God deals with good testimony. Did we have a testimony uh, about God, what he has done for us in our lives. That is so important. Having that good testimony, we can tell people about what God has done, done for us. Listen, people may not want to hear anything you say about Jesus, or they may try and refute everything you say about Jesus. But well, one thing they cannot refute, I don't care who they are, it's your personal testimony of what God did in your life, did for you. Now he delivers you from this. You know what God did for you. You know where you used to be. You saw some of the conditions you were in, and you saw where God brought you from. That gun, that, that bullet, that bullet could have hit you, but it didn't. That guy could have run you over, but at the last minute, God snatched you out of the road. You, when you were driving down the road, tired as you can be, you had fallen asleep, lost all consciousness, and when killed in the nick of time. God woke you up, and you were able to hit your brain before you either ran over a curve and tri- and ran over into all oncoming traffic, head first, or you stopped before you ran into another vehicle. See, we have a testimony. by the length of your hair, the thickness of your hair. He doesn't care about your skin color. He doesn't care about your voice. He doesn't care about what you look like, what you dress like. None of that doesn't matter. That is stuff that people look at. What God looks at is the heart. That's where he goes. He goes right to you. And see, this is not you, but inside is you. The image and the likeness of God, that's who you are on the inside. God deals with Ah, these it deeds is good. So whatever benefits, whatever benefits believers enjoy, the prayer ministry and proof it may have, such promoting godliness and dignity are above all things blessings to God. We must bless the Lord with our deeds, with our good deeds. And God desires number three all to be saved. Second Timothy, Second Peter, chapter three, verse nine. God is not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. When Jesus Christ came into the world, John 6, 3, says, He so God so long who? Oh, the world. The world not the, the things in the world, but the people. That's what we're talking about. God didn't distinguish between this people or that people or those people. He says the world, all people. It's inclusive. All people God desires to be saved. He takes no pleasure, Ezekiel tells us, in the wicked dying. Christ, number four, died to ransom people. It is all because the blood of Christ shed on the cross at Calvary that we have an opportunity, everyone living on this earth and everyone that will come into this earth from generation to generation until Christ returns has an opportunity to give, to receive the gift of eternal life. The question then becomes, who will share the gospel with them? The question is, how will people see the gospel? Will, they, will your life be like that, like Dr. Livingston? When the man saw him, he said, said a word to him and said, Just being in his presence almost made me walk to become a Christian.
0: What is your walk like? Christ died for a ransom. And now
1: we go to our fourth point here, which is Paul's engagement in ministry. Verse 7 for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. So as with all apostles and pastors, I have been appointed a preacher and a teacher in in the Christian ministry, which is a ministry of faith and truth. There is no room for lies. There, 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 are no, there is no room for lies. There is no room for deceit. Look, I'm standing here. I could care less whether I'm standing here as long as I know that while I'm standing here, Christ is being seen and not me. I remember so quite some number of years ago, I sat down with a young lady to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then after I sat down with her, I sat down some months later with an elderly man that was close to death. And I sat there and his daughter was sitting there, and I had a chance to sit and talk with him, to share the gospel with him.
0: The fact, don't lose the, the, the,
1: the reality of life here is that you must not lose this, this obvious understanding, and that is that God is no
0: respecter of persons. Therefore, what we have seen up to this point teaches us that the
1: message of salvation is in close unity with the prayers articulated in verses 1 and 2. If you want to go back to verses 1 and 2, let me read what it Exhort Therefore, that first of all, supplication, prayer, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. As a pastor, I have the authority of God to teach all matters relating to Christ Randomly. Therefore, like Paul, I urge yet again that you engage in daily prayer, not just for your own self, not just for your family members, not just for your friends and the people on your job, but for all people. All people. If I give you, if, if the Lord would just give me a plan to reach every Christian church around the globe, and we begin to just lay out a plan. When we, have a un- when we have a uniform prayer, no matter what time it is there, when we time it all together, if we will just have uniform prayer focus on the specific things, we can go to God, I believe we can rock this earth. I believe we can rock this earth off its axis. I believe we can cause evil to be diminished to a minuscule joke, while the reality of Christ be celebrated and exalted above all things. In this earth. That's what I that's what I would love to do. Here's the next point. Oh, the final point I want to give here is that the essentials in prayer. Verse 8 says, I desire therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. So when I think about the essential of prayer, I think about the availability in coming. What Paul urges believers to do have one main expression of their faith is to do what? Pray. Every believer must set aside time daily for coming obediently to God's throne in prayer. We produce a prayer calendar here on a monthly basis. Uh, we're back into it now. We have the January and the date, and I was up, up until about 3-something this morning and before I went to bed. Actually, it was about 4 by the time, 4.30 by the time I got in bed this morning. And uh, Prior to doing that, I went to my prayer calendar, I knelt down, and I prayed the prayer for this day, that God will cover us, that God will do great things in our lives. It is a daily thing to go before the Lord. I have about a three those four-page um, prayer list that I pray for on a daily basis. And if I don't get it in the morning, I bet you I get it before I go to bed at night. While Paul speaks here of men praying. We can take the, take the example of Hannah, for example, in her prayer. There was a profound prayer in 1 Samuel chapter 1. And when Hannah prayed, and then, of course, we talk about Anna, who, whose husband passed on, and she lived in the temple, and she was privileged to see the Lord Jesus Christ as an infant. She prayed interceding daily in Luke chapter 2, verses 36 and 30, verse eight prayer is not limited to men it is meant for all that means that women pray that means that children pray that means that boys and girls pray all of us are required and should pray and talk to god that is important and then here when we talk about the essentials of prayer the second thing i notice is that there is an attitude in coming to god not only is there a thing ability in coming to god but there is also an attitude in coming to god it is a Spirit that promotes a dedication of the hand, that is an upward extension of our hands and a consecration of our heart, the inward passion of devotion. It is that inwardness. See, our actions on the outside only mirrors what we have going on on the inside. If we are not sincere on the inside, then at some point, our actions on the outside will fade and the real up will come out. Are you a believer? Are you truly a believer? That's what I love about Paul. I'm telling you the truth, and I'm not lying. This is who I am. I used to persecute the church. I used to go and arrest people, and I'd bring them all mole the places, throw them into Jerusalem prison. That's what I used to do. But then I met Jesus on the road to the masses, and my whole life changed. Everything changed. The way I thought changed. Everything changed. Even though I was a Pharisee of Pharisees, even though I was trained under the, the great Galileo, even though I had the best education, even though I was a Pharisee, I was a priest, if you will,
0: look, I am nothing. I count myself nothing. Huh, for Christ. Nothing. So, it is an
1: attitude in coming to Christ. It is an internal passion and devotion. It is not a fly-by-night thing. If you love Christ, you're going to find time, no matter where you are, to give him glory. Other people can bow down and, and bow five or six or seven times in any direction, but we just need to lift our hand and give God the praise and enter into his presence. Bow down and worship him. Now, the attitude of coming. You do that the dedication of the hand. That is the lifting of the hand, in no doubt a literal gesture in practicing a long-observed custom. Paul understood this. He has observed it all his life. There is nothing wrong with lifting up your hand and giving God the glory. Someday when I lift my hand like this, I'm telling God I don't want anything from you. I'm just surrendering myself to you. And I just want to praise you and give you glory. I'm not looking to get anything from you right now. I'm just looking to be in your about. Prayer. Moses lifted up his hand. When we lift up our hands to God, we are literally defeating the enemy. So, and lifting up hands, lifting up the hand in the sight of God is frequently seen in prayer in the Old Testament. Psalm 28 and 2. Turn there with me, if you will. Psalm number 28. Psalm 28. Psalm and the second verse. Psalm number 28. Verse 2. Psalm number 28, verse 2. Psalm number 28, verse 2. And it reads, Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle, God, hear me. See me. I'm crying out to you like a baby stretching out his or her hand for the mother of his dad's Pick them up. God, we need you. We need you, Lord. However, in any bodily act would be pleasing to God in his place. If it, is, if it has the required attitude of true worship of him, as he knows the thoughts. That's what Psalm 139 and 1 through uh, 4 says. If you don't believe me. Just go to Psalm 139 verses 1 through 4 real quick, if you will. I know that I'm moving fast here. I wanted to begin another uh, message on today, but it doesn't appear as though I'm going to get to it. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Psalm 139. David is praying. uh, He's saying, search me, O God. He says, So the hands, when he lifts it up, are to be holy. devoted to is genuine holiness of life. Show what brings what bring pleasure to God. When we live a life according to the word of God, we bring pleasure to the word of to God himself. God becomes pleased with us. No different than when your children do what they're supposed to do, they are, you, they, you, make, or you show your pleasure in what they've done. You liked it. You, you, you congratulated them. You gave them praise because they were obedient to what you taught them. That's what it is all about. When we submit to God, forget your will. I don't care about my will. My will means absolutely nothing anymore. What matters to me is the will of God in Christ Jesus. When I can submit to him, forget all about me, and just lift myself up to him, bow down to him, worship him, and glorify him, that is his will, and that is, becomes my will. Therefore, I have no will, but the will that he has for me. That's why we enter into prayer. That's why we forget ourselves, and we, we, we focus only on Christ and what he's done. That's gratitude. That's love. He looks at this passage of Scripture, and he reminds us for what is good and acceptable and genuine godliness in that verse 3. And then he reminds us that this is Paul, and truth gives an, an emphasis also mentioned here. I do not lie. I tell you the truth. In this day and time, we miss the truth. So we don't even recognize the truth. Said, what is truth? And yet he understood truth. Did you really stop and think about it? If he did not do what Caesar wanted him to do, he knew that it was true that Caesar would take care of it, get rid of it. That was the truth. So if he really wanted to, really wanted to, he knew truth. He just refused to have a heart that wanted to believe truth. His wife even said, I have nothing to do with that righteous man. I had a dream last night. This desert Don't do anything to him. And so he tried to get around him. I said, "Well, I wash my hands of this, and you, you can do what you want to do." And he systematically, "But at the same time, at the same time, he gave his permission for Christ to be crucified. He knew exactly what he was doing. He didn't exonerate him. Jesus said that the ones who turned me over to you, they have the greater price to pay. That doesn't mean you're not going to pay a price for what you have done, or what you were doing. Your role, you're going to be held accountable for. Listen." Here's the second thing that I notice here, uh, um, is, and that is the consecration of the heart. Not only uh, is there a dedication of the hand, but there is a consecration of the heart when we set ourselves apart for God. So, believers who model the tone for those who follow in line. because somebody did something to you, and you're going to God because you don't know what to do, how to handle it, and you're not going to say, "God, I want you to strike me now." Okay, God, will listen to you, because that's not sense of your prayer. Your heart, if you're so confused, you're so angry, you can't think straight, that you need some direction and see and retreat to God for directions on how to deal with this matter is perfect. I had a young man, I had a gentleman that worked for me when I was in the Navy. And he just kept on failing. He kept on failing. I kept a record of everything he was doing. He'd call in sometimes and "Well, I feel like I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I don't think I'm going to be feeling well today, so I'm not coming in." He would call up and do stupid stuff like that. I read up the time down, I wrote what he and I made a note of it. Everything that he did, every time he made, I gave him work to do, and, it, and he just did a half job of it and brought it back to me. I marked it up, sent it back to say, "This is corrected," and I got it back. I kept getting it back. So I had literally that much. That's why I was not sick of the documentation on this guy. And then I said, okay, it's time to do something because he's not getting it. it's time to get rid of him. It's time to get rid of him. And then one morning I came out of a meeting. I prayed for him. This is what God says: pray for those who will treat you and all that. So I, I prayed for the brother. that said, God loved. I don't have any anger or animosity towards the guy. He has a family. He has children that are in school. He needs a job, he needs money to take care of his family. I'm asking you to please help him. You know, please help him to realize what he's doing and God and I don't know exactly what I pray for you now. But the point is I, I lifted him up before God not to accuse him but to ask God to move in his life to help him. Because he has a family, because he has uh, bills to pay, because he has a home he needs I came out of my meeting one morning, and I noticed that he says, I got to go on I'm going it well. and he left. after my meeting and that, that and that was probably on a Tuesday when I looked over at his desk on that Friday, and I noticed that his family portrait that up, and he's taking his family portrait and I was dit and i said and I looked over at the, the colonel, uh, and he and I was talking I said he's got he's got his um, his picture's not there he's not coming back. He got a phone call um I'm resigning my job. I'm not coming back. See, when you pray and do things the way God wants you to do them, God will take care of the problem. God will deal with the issue. But when you try to strike out, all you do is you make that individual angry. Then if that person has friends or family, then you make them angry. Then they all congregate on you. And Then you got the police coming in. Then you have an ambulance coming in. Then, maybe even the court coming in. Then you have the police. Then you have the judge, the lawyer. And you have the judge. And then you have the court people. You have all that stuff going on. And if you happen to get locked up, now you have the prison involved. Because now you are in prison. Now you are a burden to society. Why? Because now you are locked up. You're not productive. You're doing all of that. Just one thing what we do as individuals does not affect us, but everybody else that will be impacted by our actions. That's why it's so important for us to be careful in our walk as believers. I'm not telling you to waver on your faith. Do not waver. Do not buckle under. Do not knuckle down to anyone concerning your faith. You know the truth, and the truth that you know about Jesus Christ, stand on it. You may not be able to articulate every facet and theological argument that may be raised. That's okay. What you know is Christ died for you. He rose for you. He's ascended into heaven for you. He has seated at your right hand of God's Father. He is interceding on your behalf. He has given you eternal life through his death on the cross, his shed blood. You know that. You hold on to that. Don't care if you don't have the answer to everything else. God has all the answers. That's what you need to be concerned about. Confusion, frustration, all that stuff. Why go through it? Why? Cast your care upon me. Why I care for you, says the Lord. And when you cast your cares upon him, that is those matters that, that came about as a result of stress, anxiety, you know, fear, doubt, all of those things, cast them on me because I'm strong enough to carry them. And then take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Then you, because I'm meek and lonely in heart, you will find what rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus Christ doesn't carry it. Jesus Christ carries our burdens for us. If we submit ourselves to him, resist the devil, ah, he's going to run. So every believer is encouraged, indeed, to have an obligation as children of God to pray everywhere. Prayer in your, pray in your car, in your home. In you're taking your the shower. You know how you like to say to yourself a good thing when you're in the shower and nobody else around? Hey! You know how you say, you know, come on, I'm, I see you laughing. I see speak you speaking. I see, I see. Uh huh. Yeah, even in the cameras, I see. You yeah, know, you're laughing because that's you. And I know that's me sometimes. I get in there. I think, man, I think I'm better than, uh, uh, who is it, uh, Danny McClurkin or some of the other brothers out there. I think I'm to do good until I get out. <laughs> and then other people here say, ah, oh, man, please be quiet. <laughs> no. So wherever you are in the store, on your job, you know, driving down the road, You know, if you're just out on a picnic always pray within yourself. Men are always to pray at seaside. Prayer, Jesus said, this is important. We must do it. It is not something It is critical to our growth, to our development. Prayer is a form of intimacy with God. And see, when you're intimate with God, God exposes himself. No different than when a husband and wife, you know, are intimate with one another, and they sit down and they talk and they're sharing their hearts with one another. That's how we get to know That's how we become one flesh, when we open up and we talk to one another and share our deepest thoughts, our deepest feelings with one another. God, when we share our deepest thoughts, those things that matter to us, we share those with God, holding nothing back from him in prayer. God understands that. God will respond to that. I like to call that a prayer that moves the heart of God, that moves the heart of God. God loves a pure heart, a sincere heart, one that is not deceitful. That's what he loves. Well, after hearing this from this uh, word, there may be one, and you're without the Lord Jesus Christ. God is ready right now to turn your situation around. Send a man, send a woman, send a boy, send a girl. The question is, if God were to call you right now, can you honestly say that you're ready to go and be with the Lord? If not, if I were you, I'd make that decision today. Secondly, if you're looking for a church home and the Spirit of the Lord is speaking to you to become a part of this business, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to work. This is the place that I want to call home on my way to my heavenly home. Then we welcome you. Thirdly, if you're a backslider and you want that joy restored in your life, I'm here to tell you God will restore the joy. No ifs, ands or buts about it. He will do it and he will do it now. Fourthly, if you are away from your church home, consider joining Jesus Christ Ministry Global under the Watch Care program so that we may teach you the Word of God and watch over your soul while you're here. And when you are finished with your schooling and you return home, you will be better equipped to assist your pastor in carrying out the vision that God has given him or her. And finally, but certainly not the least, if there are any here who are standing in need of prayer, the doors of the church are open prayer. We are open for prayer. I believe that God answers prayer. On next week as we prepare, if you're here today
0: and you need prayer, in any of these areas, we welcome you. Father, we thank you for this time that you allowed us to share on today.
1: We thank you for the expounding, of, for expounding upon your word and giving us greater understanding and knowledge. We bless you now, Lord God, for all that you have given unto us. Let this word, Lord God, that you have spoken, minister to our souls, even now, Lord God, and throughout the week as we go about our daily, how we continue. We need you now, Lord, more than we've ever needed to before. We ask, Lord God, that you will use us to be...
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?